Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. And, um, and so we all have a tendency towards something, and if you're just the type of person that just has this baseline of a little bit of anxiety, then then things like, you know, the news, things like, um, you know, crime, things, th- those types of things are just gonna stir you up, right? Whatever's in front of you is gonna stir you up and you're gonna connect them. It doesn't even necessarily mean that it's specific to that, which is really weird. I think it's, it's, you know, the, the stuff that we've been taught on grounding is really the process of humbling. So if you can, you know, if, 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 you're, if, if you are literally sitting and you are, your mind is going, there's a lot of, and, and you don't know how to sit with your, you know, sit with your stuff. There's some questions you have to ask yourself. And there's some, there's some why questions you have to ask yourself. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're Max, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling, And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Mary Couple Podcast. Today, we're talking about anxiety. It's something that I know so many people struggle with, but it's not talked about. And um, today, we are going to shine a light on it. Today, we're going to have a conversation with Yvette Kumar, and she is a colleague of ours and friend here in California. So welcome, Yvette. Thank you. It's such an honor to be here with you guys. Good to have you. We're glad to have you. Yvette is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Castro Valley, um, which is the East Bay, California. And she's been in practice since uh, 2016. And um, she has a variety of clients. We're going to be asking her questions about her clientele today. Um, But she is highly qualified to speak with us on the topic of anxiety and um, how it affects us as individuals, but also how it can impact our marriage. 
So thank you so much for being with us and uh, let's jump into the topic. Yeah. So I guess a good place to start is what is anxiety and how do you know that you have it? Yeah, tell us some of the symptoms maybe. Well, I think that anxiety, it's such a, it's a, such a small word for a broad perspective, uh, you know, of experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people can um, um, have anxiety and not even know it, but they have physical symptoms, things mm-hmm. that are going wrong. Um, but to somebody that maybe hasn't experienced it or hasn't experienced it, like, you know, the person next to them, it, it, it could be compared to just this persistent stress, this persistent stress and nervousness, maybe a fear of something, a fear of, um, um, something bad happening. There's people that are fear of, you know, it could be compared to somebody that has a fear of spiders, but having that fear persistent over time. Mm. So it's not just, you know, you see a spider and you're scared and you leave and and you get someone else to get it, but it's that fear that's kind of sticks with you for, for a good amount of time, enough mm-hmm. amount of time where there's physical symptoms, physical things going on. Um, you know, your, your, you know, funny things like your hands are cold, but they're sweating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your muscles are real tense. I've had clients that, that have come to me that, um, there is nothing physically wrong with them. Um, according to their medical doctors, but they'll, the medical doctors have sent them to me because they have severe IBS Mm. because they're losing weight and they don't know why, Mm. you know, um, and, and, and after working with them and talking with them, realizing there's a lot of suppressed anxiety. There's a lot of, um, um, fear in their life. There's a lot of things that they're not saying, they're not connecting with their spouses regarding. Mm. And so would you say that with the fear in their life, would you say that it always is identifiable, like fear of spiders or, or are there other fears sometimes that, that get layered and they don't know what those fears are? Yeah, you're right. It's, it's sometimes most of the time it's the layered, um, you know, those layers of fears that we're not pinpointing, that we're not uh, questioning ourselves about that we're holding back and discussing with other people that really, um, turns into the physical symptoms of, mm-hmm. um, you know, the muscle tension, the stomach aches, the nausea, um, headaches, even just people sometimes that have just these persistent headaches and there's no, nothing medically wrong. And you, and, you know, you get to talking with them and you start to, you know, uncover the layers of, mm-hmm. you know, of, of nervousness or, or fears or, um, mm-hmm. you know, thoughts of people judging them or so, so, so I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking really in uh, not specific terms at the sure. moment, but I think because everybody experiences it, it very differently. Right. It could yeah. look very differently for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And there's and, so many disorders and, under that umbrella, right? Of anxiety. Right. So, I mean, you have the OCD type disorders, you have PTSD, um, social anxiety, generalized anxiety disorders. So there's, right. I understand why you're talking so broadly because there are so many different types of anxiety when people just say like, Oh, he's anxious or I'm anxious. They're not just maybe referring to one particular type of anxiety. It could be a variety. Hmm. Right. Definitely. Um, one thing that, um, should we go into with the symptoms? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What are symptoms? Okay. Yeah. Symptoms of, and if you could specify which anxiety disorder you're talking about when we, when we talk about the symptoms. 
Okay. Well, let's let's do kind of like the general anxiety symptoms that 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 maybe we can all kind of point out. Okay. I mean, I, re I remember sitting in a lecture, and you know, he's uh, the teacher is going through symptoms. And I'm here biting my nails. And of course, you know, <laughs> biting your nails, biting your, you know, the skin around your nails. It's definitely like there's something going on, right? Uh -huh. um, excessive fear of being judged or being scrutinized by others. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Daniel Amen, he has an 18-40-60 rule. He says at mm -hmm. 18, you care what everybody thinks. At 40, you don't care what anybody thinks. And at 60, you realize nobody cared about you in the beginning. <laughs> you know, and it's That's so funny. true. You know, it's yeah. so true. You know, in, in high school in those days, there's, you know, teenagers, you do experience a lot of anxiety of what people are thinking about you, right. you know. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine as well, you know, as growing up in the church as well, there's also this um, – these expectations and whatnot placed on you. You want to make sure you're looking right. You want to make sure mm -hmm. you're you're presented right. And and so there's the people that just kind of have a baseline of anxiety might be experiencing that as they're growing up. Mm -hmm. right? I also see uh, people that have an anxiety about disappointing God. Mm -hmm. So sure. like oh, over yes. scrutiny of of what they're thinking, and then of course that leads to almost an obsession upon their their thinking life, mm -hmm. yes, which drives them further and further away from God, really like in repentance or even kind of understanding what sin is. I think one thing for people that, that, that have just kind of this baseline of anxiety, what happens is that, um, uh, you know, one of the sim sim symptoms is rumination, right? Where you're just, you, you have the feeling, you connect it to a thought and you're just thinking about that thought, yeah. you know, that negative thought. It's, it's usually a, a negative thought. If it's a positive thought, it's, 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 this is not necessarily anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. You're thinking about how cute, right. And how cute your kid is, right. It's, it's not really anxiety. It might be more obsession, like you said, but, um, you know, the way that our, the way that our, um, brain's work is, you know, if you feel something, your brain's like, okay, I feel something. I need to connect it to something that makes sense of it because we always want to make sense of it. Yeah. And our brain works in stereotypes. So if I feel a high level of anxiety, I want to connect it to a thought that makes sense. Well, all we have, all our brains have are our past experiences. So if we have trauma in our past experiences and we feel anxious and during that trauma, we were anxious, we're going to connect it to these negative thoughts, these thoughts of that trauma, these thoughts of doom and gloom, these thoughts of danger. And so that's why you get this feeling and then you get this negative thought that connects it. So in, in what you just said, Adam, you know, I, I had a, I have a, a, a close friend who she struggles with these and she's she's a hundred percent Christian. She's a, she's a prayer word. She's a leader, but she struggles with, um, at, at times. And she's, she struggled with for, for a long time of these waves of anxiety where she would experience panic attacks. And once I got to talk to her, um, we started breaking some of the feelings and the thoughts down. So the feeling was this high intense anxiety. The thoughts were God doesn't love me. God's, uh, God's going to, wants to kill me. God, um, you know, he's not, um, he's not pleased with me. Mm -hmm. And so prior to us pulling it apart, um, it was just one thing. It was, I feel like God doesn't love me. Well, that's not necessarily a feeling. 
Mm -hmm. right? So right. what's the feeling? Oh, the feeling is, is this anxiousness, this, in, this really intense dread. Mm -hmm. And what's the thought? The thought, oh, God wants to kill me. Okay. And then our next step was, where did you hear that before? Where did that come from? Because mm -hmm. you are a Bible believing, you know, Christian. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. what it come down to is, you know, um, when she was younger, that was a form of punishment. Those words were a form of punishment. They, they were used to get her to, you know, do something different or to feel bad or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so without even realizing it, her body, her brain connected the two. They wow. became one. And so for years, she struggled with just that being, um, that coming every time she would have those waves. Mm -hmm. Wow. Once she was able to separate them, because she's a Bible believing, you know, prayer warrior lady, she's able to, she's able to combat them with okay. what, what's real. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know God loves me. I know God doesn't want to kill me. You know, even though it's tough, she's at least able to, um, you know, she's using her sword. <laughs> she's mm -hmm. literally using her sword to combat. Mm -hmm. And so, and so it's, it's, I think it's within this process of not questioning what's going on. And I think that we, we definitely, you know, we live in a very busy time. We live very busy lives, especially as church people. Um, we are go, go, go. And it's very rarely that we sit down to question, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? Yes. What am I thinking? I like how you differentiated between thoughts and feelings too, mm -hmm. you know, because I think so often we use the phrase, I feel like. And anytime right. you use the word like after feel, it's probably a thought. I feel right. like this is da 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 da, or I'm just da 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 da. And so totally. for you differentiating between the two, that, that can help people kind of connect the dots and start to dissect this better. Totally. Because, because the truth is we all kind of have a tendency to something. We, we, you know, we're not perfect beings. I have the tendency to anxiety. I mean, before this, this session, I was a mess. I'm thinking all kinds of things. I'm feeling all kinds of things. You know, I'm trying to sit there calmly with my kids and play before it starts, you know, so they have, so they have mom time, but really I'm, I'm not there, you know? Sure. And so, and, um, and so we all have a tendency towards something. And if you're just the type of person that just has this baseline of a little bit of anxiety, then, then things like, you know, the news, things like, um, you know, crime, things, th those types of things are just going to stir you up, Yeah. right? Yeah. Whatever's in front of you is going to stir you up and you're going to connect them. It yeah. doesn't even necessarily mean that it's specific to that, which is okay. really weird. Mm -hmm. Right. It, 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 it's just that you just have this tendency and to stop because mm -hmm. you know, you have this tendency, but th that's the thing. We have to be self-aware, right? We have to become experts in ourselves in a sense of like, you know, I have this tendency to be anxious. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the news right now. I don't need to read everything. That's good. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I could, I, I, I need to, I actually need to turn it off. Like mm -hmm. knowing your boundaries is a big, big deal. And, um, mm. and that's and a solution. With, yeah, it is. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the Bible talks about taking into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Right. Meaning that there are some thoughts that just aren't, you don't, don't jive mm -hmm. with what, you know, Philippians 4, 8, whatsoever things are pure and lovely right. and just. Yeah. Right. So 
I guess the first step in what you're saying is realizing that you're having thoughts. So like developing that awareness. Yeah. And then setting your boundaries. Once you know about that, once you develop the awareness, set the boundaries. Yeah. And I I think also the piece of that is, you know, the, your, your own self-soothing knowing, you know, a part of, of knowing yourself is knowing what you tend to self-soothe with Mm -hmm. and, and believe it or not, people do tend to self-soothe with just more anxiety, more news. It's almost like it's that brain thought connection of like, I'm feeling anxious. Oh, this is why I'm feeling anxious. If that makes sense. There's this like, Oh, it makes sense. And so it just kind of perpetuates. And it's what they know, right? That's what they've done. So that's already like, that's their default, their neuro connection that they've developed. So they're just going to default to it. Yeah. It becomes exactly. It becomes this habit and this you know, it's, it's a trigger to more. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, um, you know, I have clients who, um, who self-soothe with food and it's, it's, it's a distraction. Mm. This might be moving another direction, but it's, it's, you feel, you feel it. And so you distract yourself with mm-hmm. the consumption, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you don't want to feel it. And which is really what substance abuse is right. or, overdoing anything really is Mm -hmm. you're just distracting from from those feelings and so when you're working Mm with somebody with substance abuse you're not just working with substance abuse Mm -hmm. you're you're uncovering all kinds of anxiety or depression or Mm -hmm. negative feelings or trauma that they've worked so hard to distract themselves from right so hard that they're doing things that actually negative for their bodies, negative for their families. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't help them in any way, except it serves a purpose of allowing them to distract themselves from this horrible, horrible feeling of anxiety. Yes. Yeah. Right? Wow. They train themselves, right? We've, totally. we've trained ourselves and we all, all do it. That's the oh, thing. Yeah. We all do it to a certain degree, you know, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And, 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 um, Knowing yourself, and I think what Adam said, like, you know, with the scriptures of like knowing you can bring those thoughts into captivity, knowing right. that they, they can be controlled, mm-hmm. um, you know, is, is, is really key to, you know, starting that process. Mm-hmm. Of, um, so Yvette, when you have clients that are working through anxiety, whether it's, you know, um, kind of an obsession, like an OCD type anxiety, or maybe it's um, just generalized anxiety or a fear of some sort, maybe they have trauma. When that happens, what is a tool that you might teach them to take those thoughts into captivity? Well, what happens in your body is really important to note because it's not just a mind thing. If it was just a mind thing, I think it would be a lot easier. Okay. But your body is, is in on it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're, you know, you it's, it's a whole, it's a whole, uh, body mind thing. Yeah. You know, your heart rate is up. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, your, um, your chest is tight. Your muscles are tight. Mm-hmm. Well, your, your, your insides are all messed up with muscle. So it's yeah. no wonder, right? People have stomach aches and IBS and, um, and all kinds of other you know, um, bodily issues when this is, when, when this is present. And so to tell somebody you shouldn't be worried about that (laughs) is really not going to help out. It's it's not going to help out. It's going to, it's probably going to make them more anxious, more um, nervous, more, um, 
tense and I can't yeah. think of the other one. Um, well, and unfortunately, this is what they hear from their family members and friends that don't get it, that just are not familiar right. with mental health um, and have never experienced that before. They're going to hear like, you don't need to worry about that. Like, God loves you. Right. you just, you yeah. know, you need to pray about it. And right. and yes, God does love you. And yes, you need to pray about it. But if that's all you hear, like you said, that's actually going to make you more anxious. Right. Yeah. Mm. And, 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 if, and yes, prayer is like, Prayer is number one, because what prayer does is it gets you sitting by yourself, Mm -hmm. facing your stuff, right? which is what we're trying to avoid all day long, right? Right. Which is what the, the, you know, when we overeat or or the substance abuser is what we're trying to avoid is being by yourself Mm -hmm. and being, Mm -hmm. being with your own feelings. And so, and so, you know, and even in the secular world, I mean, they, they've switched it to meditation, but look at all the studies that they've done on how meditation helps anxiety. Well, yeah. meditation is prayer. That's, that's yes. prayer. They took that from us. Right. <laughs> and so sitting down with your stuff, but, but it's, um, but you know, in, in, in the verse, it says, humble yourselves and pray. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a piece of that is like, you have to sit And, and, and in your realness, I wonder if that's why Jesus warns against vain repetitions, because I can be thinking about my day and what I'm going to have to do. But if I'm just saying, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, and not really in my prayer, not present sitting with your stuff, that I'm actually not sitting with my stuff. And one of the things that you said, you know, people are suppressing things. That's the problem with anxiety. So if I'm, I could still suppress if I'm, if I'm not present Mm -hmm. in that moment and not facing and being, like you said, honest, which is one of the first steps of saying, okay, what am I pushing aside right now? And what do I need to face? Yeah. Yeah. I I love what you said there. So Yvette, what does sitting with your stuff look like? If, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, I need to sit with my stuff. What does that look like? What kind of instructions would you give? I think, um, I think it's, it's, you know, the, the stuff that we've been taught on grounding is really the process of humbling. Mm. So if you can, you know, if, if, if you're, if, if you are literally sitting and you are, your mind is going, there's a lot of, and, and you don't know how to sit with your, you know, sit with your stuff. There's some questions you have to ask yourself. Okay. Good. And there's some, there's some why questions you have to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? Mm. Why does that make me anxious? And why does that make me anxious? So there's three whys in that. Okay. And if you, and if, if for somebody that has a very shallow awareness of themselves, and obviously you're not going to know if you have a shallow awareness of yourself <laughs> because we're not aware, right? right? So this right. is a practice for everybody. Totally. But, but, but to sit, to, but to sit and ask yourself some questions before you go straight into prayer. And this, this could be, I'm, I'm not saying don't go into prayer before you do this, but do this in prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Prayerfully. (laughs) Prayerfully. Exactly. Prayerfully. And when, what, what ends up happening is that when you're just more honest with yourself, when you're just more honest with your, with God, um, 
your prayer life opens up because all yeah. of a sudden you've opened up all of a sudden you're not hiding stuff from God. You're not hiding stuff from yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this, this, this beautiful process of, Hey, I'm here. I'm a mess. I have these thoughts. I care what people think, like whatever it is, that's kind of pushing you to that tense place. Yeah unlayering it, unpacking mm-hmm. it. And thank God we're Pentecostal, right? Because then we can see all kinds of stuff in prayer out loud. And, you know, we're normal. We're cool. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, you know, that's the, the beauty and the, the, the coolness of prayer is yeah. that, you know, it's so, it, it's so healthy, but, but, um, but it's up to you to kind of take it there, right? Yeah. Like it's up it to you to It doesn't have to be deep. a quiet prayer. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And, um, and I think, I think, I think a lot of us, sometimes we, um, we cheat prayer by not being honest, by not humbling ourselves, right? We skip that first step, that, that humbling ourselves step and, um, you know, to get the most out of it. It's not yeah. just, it's, it's all about speaking in tongues, but it's not just about speaking in tongues. Right. It's about also uncovering these layers of yeah. ourselves. Yes. And, um, so good. Humbling is grounding. I love that. Yes. Yeah. It, One it of my really takeaways. Is. I haven't considered that before. That's good. Hmm. I have some thoughts on how it affects partners. We'd love to hear that. Yeah. Okay. So in my practice, um, I just started seeing a theme and it it just got me. And the theme was, um, you know, one of the symptoms of of anxiety is conflict avoidance. So we want to avoid anything that's going to stress us out or, or create conflict between you and I, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want you to like me. So I can't, you know, stir up conflict. Uh-huh. So, 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 uh, you know, baseline anxious people, they kind of have this conflict avoidant. Well, in marriages, I find the conflict avoided spouse who's avoiding everything, avoiding mm-hmm. bringing up what they don't like, avoiding, um, constructive criticism avoiding 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 and it becomes very quiet generally the guy <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes yeah, I'm joking. sometimes and 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 the other spouse who is who is not very quiet but is starting to get frustrated and in the background kind of thinks his his uh, his or her spouse um is disconnecting from them mm-hmm and so, so both spouse feeling hurt, one spouse, oh, they do so much th- bad things to me and they don't even say sorry, but they never speak it. Mm-hmm. And the other spouse, oh, wow, like this, there's no connection. This person yeah. is not, does not love me. And so these, these marriages that actually like, they could be flourishing mm-hmm. or at least working together, but because the, the, the anxious one is so scared and so, and, and holding on and, and, and suppressing all those feelings, thoughts, emotions, you know, the connection's lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and the, and the interesting thing is they don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize it because this is how, this is how our parents were. This is how our parents were, or it's just, you know, that lack of self-awareness. You're not questioning yourself. You're not mm-hmm. questioning what's going on. You know, you're not humbling yourself. This, yeah. Yeah. And so how do and, they, so, how do they go, move into solution mode there? So, so with my clients, um, 
I question them to death. Okay. <laughs> and I, and I ask them why often okay. and I tell, and I let them know, like, you know, my, the questions that I ask there, I, you know, especially if I have younger clients, I'll say, you know, my questions I ask, they're stupid. They're, they're ridiculous. They sound, you know, ridiculous or uh, they might sound condescending sometimes, but it not, it's not so much for me to know for you to speak out so that, you know, uh-huh. right. So that you start uncovering right. things. And so, and so, um, I pull in my, my three, my three whys, okay. you know, the, what are you feeling? Why does that make you anxious? You know, why does that make you anxious? You know, the, the three mm. whys and to kind of break things down. So I have okay. an example for you, you guys. Okay. So ready? Yeah. Okay. Share your this example. I okay. love it. <clears throat> okay. So I have a, I have a client. I see, um, I see her only. Um, but she, she's, she's anxious. And this was kind of the start of, of shelter in place. So she was at home, she's sitting there at her desk. Um, and unfortunately her husband had been laid off during that time. So she's mm. sitting at her desk with the window and her husband's outside playing with the kids, but she's feel filled, filled with anxiety. So she had said, <clears throat> my husband gets to have all the fun and he's doing it right in front of me while I have to work. Okay, so what's the fe- what's the feeling? Anxious. What's the thought? I can't concentrate. Okay, why can't you concentrate? Because my husband got laid off, and now I feel pressure to carry the financial load. Mm-hmm. So, have you guys discussed this? No, because I don't want to hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. So instead of discussing it, you hold on to it. You become tense with your thoughts that are turning into anger mm-hmm. and now you want to start a fight with him. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Right. Wow. So, yeah. so, and, 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 and it's just a small example of what happens a lot of times mm-hmm. um, yeah. with, with people that just kind of more anxious of just, they're holding things in. They turn it into something different because mm-hmm. it's too scary to have the conflict about this thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. It's okay. I was just going to say, if you, you know, kind of dissect this, you do the three whys, which I love that. I'm totally going to use that tool. So you, you do the three whys and then the client develops this awareness of the real thing of what it really is. Um, how do you guide them in initiating that conversation with their spouse? Hey friends, we'll be right back to our interview, but one quick note. If you love what you're listening to, you might also enjoy going through our card decks that we designed to help couples stay connected and in each other's world. So there's Foundations, which is our starter deck, and it's all about boosting your communication skills. And then there's Sexpectations, which is all about spicing up your intimate connection. And then there's Realizations, which is a deck for all couples, but especially dating or engaged couples who want to see how well they really know each other. So grab a deck or two, or three, by heading over to our website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com slash cards. All right, back to the show. There's a phrase, um, when we're able to separate the thought and the feeling, there's a phrase that we use um, to get them started. Because um, what's interesting in, in the process is when you're able to do this and when you start questioning yourself, the root of the anxiety becomes not so bad. Mm -hmm. 
It's not so scary once it's uncovered. It's scary because it's an unknown and it's covered up and layered up and it's, right. and you, you're not facing it, right? Mm-hmm. But once you start facing it, it's not so bad. And so that piece starts happening, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the next step is, is um, okay, so, so back to what you said. So the, the, the phrase that we use is, I feel blank when you do blank because I think blank. So I feel anxious when you're outside playing with the kids because I feel a lot of pressure to hold the family together or maybe it'll be Mm -hmm. more rooted out later, but, Uh or like, but the thought behind that is like what they make it mean, right? When you're outside with the kids, because I'm thinking there's an interpretation on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that you're putting, that you're throwing it in my face. Right. So you're kind of like letting them know what the, what you make it mean. Without, without, um, um, without trying to put guilt because it's, sure. I, it's, it's, I feel when mm-hmm. you, because I think, so okay. it's not, you're making me think totally that, you know, all the pressure is on me, but it's, I feel this way when I see this because I think this. Uh-huh. Mm. So then it's kind of laying it out there. It's a it's a it's a plate almost to, I like that. to kind of be picked at and 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 kind of rooted out, right? That's a good tool. So it gives yeah. it gives her husband a chance to be like, well, you know, I've applied for three jobs yesterday, but I didn't tell you about it, right? So it's kind of a it, it you know without that you know strong you know pointing to finger, right? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. opening. It's opening up. And not allowing the layers to build. Yes. That's very good. Because that that state or that tool that you just gave is very, I mean, there's nothing that you can argue with. I can't say, well, no, you're not feeling that. Or no, you're not thinking that. Mm -hmm. Those are all true. Mm -hmm. And so it's really helped. I think that would be a great way of approaching your spouse. Then it'd be up to the spouse to react in a way that's loving and Okay, let's let's unpack this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Well, yeah. and if it's the scenario that you described, the spouse might be just frustrated that the other one's not talking, that the anxious right. spouse is avoiding, and so they'll they'll actually be relieved to hear the anxious spouse come to the table with something to talk about, totally. something substantive to dive into. Totally. And I I think another piece is, um, you know, allowing your, letting your spouse know that there's a little bit of anxiety brewing Mm. regardless, you know, um, I think what happens often. And if I think back on my clients is that, you know, the spouse that, that kind of has this little anxiety that's brewing, they, you know, they have just this tendency to these negative thoughts. Yeah. And so if they're running around the house because someone's coming over they're kind of shut down in their own world, totally disconnected, running around doing stuff. And, and maybe the spouse is sitting down reading a book uh-huh. and their mind, because it's anxiety and, and your anxiety has to make sense to your brain. And so this is anxiety and your brain goes to a negative thought of, wow, like they're making me do all the work. Right. Right? Which, which is when probably reality, connected to a whole bunch of other stories. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. they're holding that in and then that, and, and they might not confront at that point and they'll hold another in and they'll hold another. And, and it just kind of goes on, um, until they can't and they explode over something really silly. Uh-huh. Right. And, wow. and it makes no sense. 
and the spouse just looks crazy and you know they don't make sense they're not making sense and and you know and it just it it doesn't add to your marriage it doesn't yeah. add to yourself <laughs> yeah. it's not you know you're not growing yourself when you're when you're holding it in in that mm-hmm. way so and good. so really allowing your 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 spouse or or your friend or or whoever that 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 you're you're with at that time say hey i'm i'm i am feeling a little anxious right now um, this is kind of going on. You don't have to go into much detail if it's causing you a lot of whatever, but, but allowing, just, just saying it out loud, there's a little relief to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. That's so good. I think another takeaway for me is your brain and body have to make sense of what you're feeling. And so you're going yeah. to attach that default thought. Right. And so like in the example you gave, it'll be, he's making me do all this work when in reality, like he could be completely clueless and, and he's not making you do anything. Right. Right. Or, or a whole different, like she needs a check or he needs a check. Whoever's cleaning, I guess the, Mm -hmm. um, they need to check their expectations too, because they just might've got home from a long day or whatever else. And what are the expectations? Because we know that, frustration is, is the result of unmet or uncommunicated expectations. So mm-hmm. yes, there might be someone coming in a couple of hours, but in his mind, it, since that's the way it's going mm-hmm. in his mind, um, he might be thinking, Hey, we, we could easily get this done in 30. Why not after this book while she's like, well, let's do that and then read and be, or, right. you know, so that different expectations is leading to the f- frustration yeah. which is probably right. or we know it would be feeding the anxiety sure. level yeah. and then the ruminating yeah. thoughts just heighten it until there's probably an expo- explosion if not handled yeah. correctly so this brings us to another topic um i was reading on your um we we have all of our interviewees fill out a form that just kind of helps us introduce <clears throat> them during the podcast and one of the questions is what are you passionate about when it comes to marriage and so, Yvette, you wrote that you're passionate about assertiveness, about helping people be assertive in their marriage. So can you define that for us and maybe share how it applies in this conversation? It totally applies. And I, I, every, um, I, I just have met too many people in my practice that have this conflict avoidance, um, for it, for, for it not to apply the, the assertiveness is so it, it's, it's firm and kind discussions. Mm. It's firm and kind guidance, firm and kind, um, um, you know, questions even, mm. but it's, it's, mm. it's the, the opposite of the conflict avoided. And it's, but in order to have this assertiveness, it's, you know, and it, you know, and it could be kind of a little bit, the, the word, the term is, could be a little bit controversy, right. For a mm-hmm. church lady, right. Because, <laughs> um, there's, there's certain possible expectations, but assertiveness is not, you know, throwing around chairs and right. you have to understand me and you have to agree with my point. That's actually not assertive. That's aggressiveness. Right. right. Yeah. But but, um, you know, assertiveness is really, it's, it's knowing what you feel. It's knowing what you're, what you're thinking. And it's, um, it's, it's allowing yourself to portray that without, um, with, while also listening to the other person's opinion. Sure. So it's, yeah. it's, 
it's sharing your opinion, sharing your thoughts, knowing where you stand, but also open enough to to hear where you stand and what mm-hmm. your thoughts mm-hmm. are and what your opinions are. Right. So open and, to take oh. influence, but not threatened by the other person's point of view or feelings either. So how might a person, um, besides directly in prayer, working on their anxiety and how they interact with their spouse, how might a person go about working on it personally? Um, sure. Yeah. Maybe, of course, we do all things right in prayer or, right. you know, like in, you know, prayerfully, hopefully. But how can we also directly work on our anxiety levels? So, you know, it's, it's, I, I think I have people come and, and they think that, you know, in a couple of weeks, they're going to be all better. And they're just going to be all of a sudden, they're going to turn into this very calm person that doesn't, <laughs> is not nervous. And really, that's not the case. This is mm-hmm. a, if this is a tendency of yours, this is just part of my personality. This is something that, that I'm going to continuously work on. I'm going to build off the tools that I've, that I've used Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to get better day Mm -hmm. after day and week after week. But this is something that's going to be with me for the long haul. And it's not a doom and gloom. Oh, you know uh, that, but it's, but it's, Oh, I, you know, it's, like I said, it's building off of what I know. Yeah. And the more you know yourself and the more you're asking yourself questions and not just feeding off of our feelings, that's, mm. that's the, the, the biggest thing is I think that a lot of times without knowing yourself, we're just feeding off of our feelings, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. we feel something and we do it, something about it. We, we feel something and we go somewhere. We feel something and we, uh, yeah. we, we allow our feelings to kind of guide us. And really, mm-hmm. you know, working on your anxiety is working on yourself and it's stopping yourself and asking yourself, what am I feeling right now? What am I thinking? Why is that going on for me? Mm -hmm. You know, asking yourself, writing stuff down. If you're, you can't sleep and you're having a lot of thoughts going through a lot of negative thoughts going through your mind, stopping yourself, writing down some thoughts, writing those things down, scheduling a time. I can worry about that tomorrow. I don't need to worry about that today. There's also this thing with anxious people that like, they, it's almost like, you know, when you're, when you're run by your feelings, it's almost like um, you're getting kudos for being the most worrisome mom or the most worrisome, you know, uh, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you are, you should yeah. the most worrisome sure. of that. And I've had to tell moms, Hey, like you're not a better mom because you're, you're more anxious. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, and that really stops them. Because mm. there's a self-awareness that happens. There's a mirror that happens, right? So of good. that. I love that. Um, That's true. Adam, to- moms like running around like, oh yeah, I would never leave my child for two hours, you know? And yeah. like like they get some sort of kudos for that, for, for being the most protective and worrisome and anxious right. about that. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, like I said before, what, you know, it's not just a mind thing, but it's a body thing. So calming your body down is very important because your, your, your brain and your body want to be an, um, uh, they want to be the same. I think the word is homeostasis. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Right? Yeah. They want to, they want to be the same. And so if you're, you know, this is kind of, if you're laying down, your brain wants to to chill too, right? And so you're going to have this whole effect of chill. Yeah. <laughs> but if, right, right? Yep. Yeah. And 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 um and so when you're when you're when you're anxious, your body's anxious too. You're like I said, like all those symptoms come into play. The the 
the, um, you know, the stomach stuff and the muscle tension and, and all kinds of stuff. And so number one is knowing that you can control it because it feels like you can't, but knowing that you can and, and doing some, some breathing exercises where that's going to switch your brain into relax mode okay. because your brain, when it's in the anxious mode, you're, you're in fight or flight. And so okay. you're not thinking straight. Um, you, you, you are only thinking, um, really to, you know, get out of there, get out of the moment, do anything you can to not feel that way. Mm -hmm. And that's great. If you're about to run a race, right? You got that (laughs) adrenaline going Mm -hmm. and it really helps you. You're going to go. But when you're just sitting in your work chair or when you're just with your kids or you're, you're counseling a couple and you're just going, what do you do with all of that? Mm -hmm. And so you, one thing is like, you know, you might not have time to question yourself to death, but what you do have time for is to settle your body Mm. and to start and, 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 and settling your body. um, One of the things is the deep breathing. So, um, you know, it, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not going to do it on here. How about, hey, actually, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to like do it, do it, but can you actually teach us? Cause there's so many deep breathing tools out there. Yeah, what sure. do you teach? So, and, and I think when people who have never been to counseling hear deep breathing, they kind of roll their eyes like, yeah, I'm breathing. But what does deep breathing, like, can you teach okay. us one of the tools you use? Okay. So, um, you know, if you look at a baby breathing, Mm-hmm. You see that baby's belly going up, right? Mm-hmm. Or a puppy. Yeah. As you get older, you kind of stop that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so the deep breathing, that relaxful breathing that's going to calm your body down, that's going to calm your mind down, that's going to tell your brain you're okay, there's no danger. Is that that breathing's going to go all, you know, all the way down to your belly, allow your belly to fill up. Right. And it's through your nose. It's. And it's out your you're mouth. doing it as you guide us. <laughs> in through your nose, out through your mouth. Okay. It's in through your nose and you hold for three seconds. And it's out through your mouth for six. Are you feeling my And you can feel, yeah. and you can feel yourself after you do that a few times. They say 10 is what I've heard. 10 is when you really do really well. But after you do that a few times, I mean, you start to feel the muscle relaxing. Super good. Right. And, and your, and your mind and your thoughts will follow because that's how we're made. Right. Absolutely. Now, now if you do an experiment, you guys are relaxed right now. Yes. And you think of something really anxiety provoking. Just for a second. What are the changes that you're feeling? Shoulders going up. Tension in my back. Yep. Like uh, so there's a, a physiological. Yep. Totally. So there's a physiological change when we start when we start thinking things, right? Yep. It turns on our brain. I think I saw it written the other day. Like our brain doesn't know when we're experiencing something in the moment or just thinking about it in the right. moment. And, it, and it, it just turns on that process. And so another thing that you can do is um, Daniel, uh, I think it's Daniel Siegel. He has Mindsight where... Um, it's really simple. I mean, you just, it's just thinking about something that's very calming. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you think about your time at the beach or you think about your camping trip or, 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 or sometime that was, 
that was nice. And you just kind of, you know, even for a second or a few mm-hmm. seconds, just thinking about that mm-hmm. and allow yourself that moment. Right. You also start to feel the physiological changes in your body. And can you pair it? The, the deep breathing with that calm place? Yes, of course. Yeah. Another thing I, I read recently on kind of on this topic, because this does you no good unless you actually put this somewhere into your day or put this somewhere into your schedule or have a trigger for it. Um, I think it was Brendan Burchard in his high performance habits book. He said, um, find it, find your transitions. So like if you transition from like working on this task to this task, take a few seconds, make that your trigger. So he said, any transitions, if you have lunch and you sit down in your chair, do a breathing and very similar, but he would say like, relax, relax in his head, but finding, and I would say to the listeners, find somewhere in your day, if you are typically high strung a lot of the time that if you're transitioning or pair it to something that you're doing during the day mm-hmm. um, and use and practice this because it won't be there for you unless you practice it when you're not really high on your anxiety levels. Mm-hmm. Like you have to actually Good. practice it in order to perfect totally. that practice. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you're in that place of more of that relaxed place, you can start to, you, you, blood flow is, is, is back on in the brain and you start to think clearer, right? There's, Mm -hmm. you start to hear better. You start to clean clear and you can start to break down, um, the negative thoughts that, that sometimes aren't even true. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, cause you move from that, like reactive thinking, the fight or flight brainstem stuff, and you move into your prefrontal cortex where you have sound reasoning and judgment. And that's, how you can think more clearly. Well, right. I, think, yeah. I think it was uh, David Burns in his Feeling Good book who defined anxiety as an overestimation of the danger and an underestimation of your ability to handle it. Mm, and I, I really liked that because like you're saying, fear is an overblown or a what if, like it's not even really reality a lot of times. Mm, right. It's, true. it's a lie. Definitely. So speaking of, of resources, you've men- you mentioned Dan Siegel. What was the resource there? So it's The Whole Brain Child by Dan Siegel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's about children, but, but, um, but it's also great for any of us um, because it talks about the brain and how it processes trauma nice. and, um, some, and very clear-cut tools on um, how to navigate Okay. So good. Any cool. other any other good books that you would recommend? Yeah, I have a few more here. Okay. So I have the Assertiveness Guide for Women. Okay. Which is really great. It's a little. It's kind of like a workbook as well. So um, there's a lot of deep digging that goes on in there, and nice. then um, and then I just have the Assertiveness Workbook uh, okay. by Randy Peterson. Okay. Um, and what and was the women's kid, workbook? What, who's the author for the women's workbook? That is by uh, Dr. Julie Hanks. Okay. Cool. Awesome. And then for kids, um, what, what kind of resource were you And for recommend? kids, I have this book. Um, it's called Butterflies on the First Day of School. And it's really Love sweet it. because, yeah, it's really sweet. And um, our friends, the Prados, bought it for us, actually, for Eden when she, before she went to school. And it was just perfect. It, it goes through um, 
you know, the, the little worries and anxieties mm-hmm. that might feel like butterflies. And it yeah. goes through the, her first day of school and it was just perfect. And I think it's Aww. really neat to, to be talking to your kids about what they're feeling yeah. and why and what their thoughts are at an early age and building that awareness yeah. uh, very young, I think is so rich. good. Uh, I love that. We'll, wow. we'll link those in the show notes for sure. Okay. Sounds good. So for those who are listening, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, um, please take a moment and uh, leave a review, leave a star rating, even if it's just one sentence, it helps us reach many, many more couples. So we really appreciate it. Um, And so we're going to move into our Dear Young Married Couple letter. So uh, at the end of every podcast, we ask this question and it's a fill in the blank question. Um, So thinking back, Yvette, to your first couple years of marriage, um, what is advice that you wished you would have received and then fill in the blank, dear young married couple? Mm, I think it would be along the lines, the same lines of just um, express yourself and and trust him to, to hold it. Mm. Mm. So good. I love that. That relates back to your assertiveness, yeah, right? Does. Express yeah. yourself. Trust <laughs> your spouse to hold that. Yeah. Love it. So good. Yeah. For those who want to get in touch with Yvette, um, you can email her. She is taking clients and she's in California, but she does virtual sessions as well. Um, and her email address is ykumar, K-U-M-A-R dot L-M-F-T at gmail.com. And she is a licensed marriage and family therapist, whether you're dealing with anxiety or maybe any other issues that you think she might, uh, you might connect well with her on, feel free to reach out to her via email. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you guys. This was fun. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Cool. All right. Take care. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance, with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.